Welcome to Where To Next, a podcast for the driven woman who's been there, done that, and wants to be intentional about what's next. Each week, I'll teach you how to get where you want to go next while focusing on what's working and what's lighting you up. You'll learn to connect and leverage your intuition, acknowledge doubt when it pops up, and have the skills and confidence to keep going. You'll create your next steps with new mindset tools and crystallized wisdom, all while doing life your way and not someone else's, and realizing it's way easier than you ever imagined. Because, my love, living life this way, your way, means the best is yet to come. You are made for this. Thanks so much for being here. Let's dive in. I love today's topic, of course. I picked the topic, so naturally you would think that I'm talking about things I love. I love this particularly because it has made such a difference in my life, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Do you remember the book, this was years ago, called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? It was a short book, and he wrote about his four principles that he he lived his life by and many people i think went on to adopt some of them i know i still talk about one of them in particular today and this book was a new york times bestseller for like a kajillion years i think he sold six million copies anyway it was a big hit his four agreements were be impeccable with your word don't take anything personally don't make assumptions and always do your best I go back to two and three very frequently, especially as I raise my children who are teenagers and try to teach them about showing up in the world and what other people are doing and FOMO and JOMO and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, really big fan of not taking anything personally and not making assumptions. I digress. That book laid everything out so simply, and I think that was part of the allure and part of the book's book's success, is that it gave people a lens through which to look and kind of live their life. Well, over the years, I've come up with my own four agreements. I call them my my four principles, but they, they really are it's my lens, my filter, my, my core beliefs. Let's go with that. It's my four beliefs, ideas that I know are true for me. I have yet to find a situation where if not all, at least one doesn't apply. These are beliefs that I have practiced believing. I didn't know all of them to be true. I had to practice. Actually, I had to practice quite a few of them. One, I've always believed. I'll get there. And that took time. And I'll tell you more about that in a sec. What are my four beliefs? I'm just going to dive in because it's easier for me to talk about it that way. First of all, they spell out a word, safe, S-A-F-E. And that is how I remember it. But now that I'm thinking about it, it is no surprise that that word is, (laughs) that that's the acronym because safety on all levels, emotional safety, physical safety, feeling safe in the world with myself to show up, to do what I want to do, to live the way that I want to live. That is a really big value for me. Can I provide safety for others, for my family? So that I'm just going to say that right there. So if we're going down the list, the S, the first thing that I believe to my core, I believe in my bones to be true is that the small things matter. 
the little things add up. If you're following me on Instagram, you'll see I often post about the little things. And why? Because the little things are the big things in life. The little things over time add up to the big things. Sticking your toes in the sand. Oh my gosh, I love that feeling. Having morning sun on your face, right? Hearing hearing your one of your favorite person's voices on the other end of the phone, hugging someone, fresh flowers on your kitchen table, whatever the small things are that matter for you, those are the juicy and delicious moments that we remember, that we want to hold on to throughout the course of a day or a week or a month because life happens and there are so, there are bumps, definitely. And when we can hold on to and appreciate and incorporate those little things, not only does it make life easier, but we realize that is, that is the goodness that makes life better. Appreciating the little things. A lot of people call this gratitude. And yeah, that absolutely could be what it is. And it is in a way. I really like to focus on the little things. It allows me to be more present throughout the course of a day because as a mom and someone who's running a business and a volunteer in my community and a wife and all of the many roles I play, I sometimes get up in the morning and then at the end of the day, if I'm not paying attention to the little things, I can very quickly lose the plot line. I can very quickly feel like I'm just in the rat race or on a hamster wheel, but looking for those little things, seeing them when they're there, they stop me in my tracks and, and sometimes I gasp. Now, if you're gonna apply the concept of small things to greater concepts in life, anytime you wanna create change in your life or you wanna implement a new habit, it starts with a small thing. It starts with an idea. It starts with a decision. It starts with you thinking, oh yeah, this is interesting to me. Maybe I could do this. And this goes for things like running a marathon or launching a new business or moving or taking a trip. But it's also something like learning to make a souffle. Maybe you're out to dinner and you don't normally order the souffle because it takes an hour and you have to you know, plan ahead. But maybe you go to a restaurant and they're particularly known for their souffles and you order the souffle and it's delightful and you savor it. And that gets you thinking, well, gosh, maybe I'll try this at home. Again, a small thing that has a ripple effect and it's an upward ripple effect. So enough preaching about the small things. I'll move on to the second thing. The second belief I hold near and dear to my heart is that universe, God, source, whatever you want to call it, is always working. That's the A. Always working. Whatever is going on in my life, I trust that the universe, God, has my back and there is some sort of, if you want to call it magic, if you want to call it energy, again, insert your word, but whatever it is, is always working. It's kind of like a refrigerator. 
I never doubt that my refrigerator stops working, except when the electricity goes out and that's, you know, whatever. Rare, 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 but it does happen. But I just always know I'm gonna open up my refrigerator, the food's gonna be cold. It's kind of like my computer or my phone, right? I just assume that it's always working. And there are millions of things that are happening inside my phone or inside my computer and you know out there in the, in the world that I know nothing about, but I trust that they're always working. Here's a real life example. So many times I get in my car and I punch in the map. Okay, I know where I'm going. I just wanna see, am I gonna go surface? Am I gonna go freeway? right? Judgment call. Sometimes it's what the map says. Oh, it's quicker to go freeway. It's quicker to go surface. Great. I cannot tell you how many times map says, oh, you might be five minutes late or 10 minutes late, or there's a traffic jam. That stresses me out. It used to stress me out no matter how early I leave. Inevitably something, right? What I have learned is I just let it be. I make my decision. And then I trust that it's always working. I'm going to get there safely. I'm going to get there on time. And nine times out of 10, not only am I prompt or a few minutes early, but on those rare occasions when I am late, the person ahead of me is still sitting in her chair getting her hair dried, right? If I show up to my my hair appointment or if I'm going to my chiropractor, all the tables are full and that's fine. Or if I'm at the grocery store, you know, I walk in and I can see, oh my gosh, there's a whole bunch of lines. And by the time I grab those few things, I get there, there's no lines. It is always working in my favor. Now, is this to say that I never have to wait or there's never traffic or there's never a line? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is even when those delays happen, even when the hiccups happen, I still maintain this sense of trust that universe god always has my back and it's always working and i've just accepted that this also believing in this concept this belief that it's always working it allows me to focus on what i can control if i'm driving somewhere i can only focus on what's going on in my car i'm of course i'm paying attention to what's going on in the road but There's only so much that I can control. And when we see that, right? When we try to control what's going on out there or around us, it doesn't work. It just stresses us out because we cannot control. We cannot influence anything except what we can directly touch. Okay, the next one. Follow me here, we're on to the F for me. Every single thing that has happened, I've experienced, I've created, I've touched is all for me and my highest, best good in life. It's easy to embrace the good stuff. It's easy to embrace the magic of a birthday party or a wedding day, right? Or Christmas morning or whatever positive, good feeling experience is happening. We can say, oh yes, of course, this is the good stuff. It can be harder to embrace and accept the unpleasant bits of life, the bumps, 
the times that we, you know, are re- we really feel like we're going through a hard moment, those, those sort of valleys. And here's what I know to be true. And intellectually, we get this as well. With highs come lows because we need the contrast. We don't know we're having a high moment and a great day until or because we've experienced those other days and those other moments that are just plain gross or yucky or bumpy or sad or terrible or just downright sucky, right? We live in a world where contrast exists. What I do when I'm in a bumpy state and last year my dad died. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in December of 21 and he died in March of 22. So three and a half months later, that was sad. It was hard. It was emotional. And instead of trying to bypass the pain and tell myself, oh yes, everything happens for a reason. He's 87 years old. At least it's happening quickly, right? All of those things were true. He was 87. It was quick. They didn't make me feel better in the moment. What I learned to do, and this was definitely a learned skill, is be with the unpleasantness, right? Embrace the suck. I'm sure we've all heard that phrase. When I go to the place where I believe everything is for me, that means embracing the suck. And particularly when it comes to death or grief or when we're in that process of bereavement, I remind myself, and I told my kids this many times, and this was part of my eulogy, we have these moments in life, A, because they're, they're part of life. Life is 50-50. It's not all rainbows and unicorns and sunshine and daisies. We don't even want it to be, truthfully. We just, we don't. Intellectually, you'd like to say, oh yeah, I want it to be great all the time. If it was great all the time, you wouldn't even realize it was great. Because even a great day has some, has some moments. If you had all the great days in the world lined up together, not only would that be boring, but very quickly your brain would say, oh, well, yeah, that Wednesday was a great day, but you know Thursday was a little bit better, just because that's how, that's how life is. Grief and, and dying and death, staying with those feelings, the part of that that I know is for me, that grief comes because I loved so hard, because of course I loved my dad so much. And so the moment of grief is for me. It's like a gift. It's a byproduct of loving hard. And that for me, at least, made it easier to be in the presence. Because yes, death and dying and grief are hard, but it was for me. It was a gift. Years ago, I went to social work school and I got my master's and I was living in New York at the time and I worked with a variety of people. I worked with homebound elderly, people who were older and could not leave their house. That visiting them, doing well checks, making sure they had services and food, that was was heartbreaking. I also worked with elementary school kids in Harlem as a social worker. And I worked with police officers in the wake of September 11th as a mental health practitioner. 
making sure they knew what was available to them, the first responders. And I didn't know this then, but going through social work school, I mean, so I knew this part. I knew going through social work school would give me the tools to help whoever I needed to help, right? Wherever my job was. What I didn't know was that that education and those experiences would continue forward today as I raise my own family. I think about all that I've experienced in my life and how I pull from each experience and apply it to where I am now. Sometimes, here's another example. On the day I got married, I had a woman, our wedding coordinator was helping us. We got married far from where I was living and someone was very much behind the scenes and front and center organizing a lot of the details. She told me, Stacy, something is going to go wrong on your wedding day. She was very matter of fact about it. And she said, I'm telling you this, not because I want to be a buzzkill or I want to spoil your fun, but I want to manage your expectations. I want you to know that something will happen. It might be giant and catastrophic. It might be the tiniest thing, but I want you to know one thing. One, I've got your back. I'll take care of it. And two, what is the goal for you on that day? What is so important to you that if everything else falls by the wayside, this is the one thing that you can hold on to? And I said, oh, that's easy. I just want to be married to my husband. And so she said, okay, we can do that. And I've taken that piece of advice. Again, that was a gift. It was for me in that moment. I have repeated that piece of advice and shared it with so many people over the years, dozens of people. I've reminded myself of the same thing. I know every gift I'm given, every moment, every person, every experience, be it the highs or the lows, is all for me. The last one, the E. This one is probably the newest to the list, but it has saved me more times, particularly in the season that I'm in as a, as a mom. And it is, everything is easier than I think. And what do I mean by that? Very simply, when I'm living my life, particularly now, I'm carpooling, trying to manage homework, multiple sports schedules, kids going in whatever direction, cooking dinner, husband traveling, all of this kind of stuff. It's very easy for me to start to stress out and tell myself, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Oh my gosh, I have to do that. And when I find myself in that state and I can feel it in my body, I, my face starts to get hot, I start to um, sweat a little, I notice my breathing changes, I can drop into my body and stop and say, okay, whoa, hold on, Stacy. How can I make this easier? And you'd be surprised how one simple question can shift everything. Because what that does is when we ask our brains questions, our brain wants to search for the answer. That's, that's what it does. Our brain is designed to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and do it as efficiently as possible. So when you drop a question in there, it is going into problem-solving mode. It is getting you out of pain toward the feel-good, and it is doing it as quickly as it possibly can. So if you take that example, 
of the afternoon, the rush, the kids, the carpool, the homework, the dinner. What is the easiest thing for me to do here? How can I make this easier? Okay, well, this, this is a good one. I can ask for help. I cannot cook dinner. We can skip practice, right? There are so many solutions and answers that come your way. Now, they may not be tenable, right? Of course, I'm gonna feed my kids dinner, but it doesn't have to be a three-course meal. Honestly, they might get frozen pizza, or maybe that's the night we deliver, or they could have a bowl of cereal. Now, again, you're gonna do you. That's not what this is about. What this is about is believing, practicing believing that this moment could be easier. Now, a lot of times when I share this with people, they'll say, oh yeah, but I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. And that's where I gently call BS. There are very few things you have to do. And I want you to sit with that. And I know you're gonna come up with a yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Even when it comes to taking care of your kids, you don't have to take care of them. There are very steep consequences if you don't, but you really don't have to. You want to, you feel, obligated to you do it because you love them because you're a mother and that's what you signed up to do but technically you don't have to and the same goes for meetings and commitments to work and you know all of these things again yes you might think you have to and there are upsides and down or downsides to not doing some of the have to's but you do have a choice and sometimes even acknowledging to myself, you know what? I've committed to all of these things. I don't have to do them. I am going to do them because my word is what's important here. And even just reframing it that way from I have to, to I chose to, or at one point I wanted to, that makes it easier for me anyway to handle. And I guess what I want to say in closing is think about these four beliefs like filters, you know, filters on your phone or whatever lens you're using on your, you know, whatever filter, your belief. And try as you go through life applying your life situations or instances to this. Change the filter and see if you don't have a core set of beliefs you're not doing anything wrong, no biggie. I just share mine with you because like that book, The Four Agreements, it was really helpful at the time. And as I've developed my own, maybe these will be helpful for you. Maybe you try one on and see what it feels like. Maybe you adapt it, maybe you have your own. But at the end, I want you to ask yourself, what do I believe? What carries me through? Not only the good days, but those bumpy moments because they're coming. They're here. We've all had them, right? Not here imminently, but we're life. This is life. This is just what happens. And what do I want to believe today? Thanks so much for listening. If this was helpful, text this episode to your friend. And reviews are always appreciated. I know you know that. You can find me on Instagram at Stacey Vulak, S-T-A-C-E-Y-V-U-L-A-K-H, or email me directly. That's the best place to find me. Hello at StaceyV.com. Definitely grab the link for my weekly note in the show notes below. And remember, until next time, you're in charge. Where are you going next?